We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 329. Our guest today is one of the top emerging riders in the hunters and jumpers, both nationally and internationally. She recently won bronze at the 2023 FEI World Cup Finals in Omaha this past April. She is based in Topeka, Kansas and Ocala, Florida, and she comes from a deeply rooted family in horses. In 2016, she rode to win the coveted ASPCA McClay Championship, as well as the 2016 Washington International Equitation Championship championships after winning all three phases of the competition. She also won the U25 Jumper Championship at the Pennsylvania National Horse Show that same year. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Hunter Holloway. Hi, Hunter. Hey, Bethany. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. I really would love to hear a little bit about your story. I'm so excited to talk World Cup finals, but first tell me <laughs> how you first got started in the horse world. Yeah, I was I was pretty lucky in terms of how I got started. You know, I was kind of born into it. My mom um, is a professional rider and trainer based out of Topeka, Kansas. Um, you know, she was always passionate about horses her whole life. And then um, I was just born into it and and caught the bug, the horse bug. You know, we kind of joke because she actually fell off a horse the day before I was born. So the ongoing oh. joke is, you ever wonder what's wrong with me? It's that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew how to, you know, fall off <laughs> before you even yeah. started. <laughs> um, and obviously that continued. I feel like sometimes with like a family dynamic like that, you either... Uh, like want nothing to do with it or you're like all guns blazing and obviously yours was the latter you won your first Grand Prix when you were 12 is that right yes that is great yeah how were you able to move up in skill so quickly to have you know kind of such a big accomplishment under your belt at such a young age yeah you know I think I was um again very lucky my mom had a wonderful Grand Prix horse by the name of Argentina uh fantastic horse he was great it's actually a bit of a funny story because my junior jumper was great, but he wasn't anything um, special. Certainly, I was not going to jump my first Grand Prix on the junior jumper that I had at the time. And she knew that I did not. I thought he was the best thing ever. Sure. So she ended up selling him. She sells him. I throw a fit. Rude. You know, yeah. <laughs> 11 or 12. I mean, I'm fought like on the ground, crying, bawling my eyes out. But that that at the time, you know, that's also how we had to we had to sell horses to make money and continue in the business. That right. that was our business model and still is. So I was learning that, you know. And she was like, "Okay, Hunter, I will give you my Grand Prix horse if you stop this. Like, you can ride him, you can show him. You just need to calm down and stop this." I I was in such a fit at the time. I didn't even realize, you know, what an opportunity that was. Mm which I soon found out, you know, once I got on him and was riding him a bit more and I was like, oh, I way upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, he had all the buttons and knew his job and and she, you know, trusted him totally with me. And I was very lucky to be able to sit on him. And um, I was brave enough that I 
didn't really care about the height of the jumps and probably had a sense of confidence I probably shouldn't have had at that age, but I was gung-ho and ready to go for it. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that story. It all, it all worked out for you in the end. <laughs> it, it, it did, yeah. Um, you've had a, a, a longtime partner um, currently, you know, earning many top performances over the last few years, including obviously your third place finish in Omaha this year. Tell us a little bit about her. She is amazing. Um, she's certainly a mare. She has her opinions. Yep. <laughs> Some days they're stronger than others. But um, we found her in 2018, I think it was. So, yeah, we purchased her with the hope she would be a team horse, but I feel like you never really know that answer until you know. Um, and she just has exceeded our expectations every time we've stepped her up to a new level and um, gets better and better every time. And certainly at a, an event such as World Cup Finals, I feel like she finds a whole new level in herself, a whole other gear. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about World Cup Finals because obviously it's like a whole extra level um just like a uh such an intense event so how is that you know kind of like looking back in your preparation you know the couple months leading up to the event as well as like once you got to Omaha what was your kind of mindset strategy and plan for an event so big like the world cup finals yeah I think you know our plan is complicated but also very simple at the same time and and the fact that it was just making sure the horse was happy, healthy, and fit for the event. You know, that was our biggest thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that that lot and a lot goes into into that preparation, you know, making sure the horse is maintained and, and ready for an event like that. I think I certainly had a bit of a, a leg up this year in the sense that I had done it last year. And I knew mentally I, I went in knowing what to expect. You know, I'd done it before. I went in with a different set of confidence and, and knew how each day was kind of going to progress where last year it was like all new for me and the horse, right? Mm-hmm. So we're both kind of <laughs> running and trying to figure it all out as we were going. Definitely. So this year, I think our preparation like certainly started at the end at last year during world cup finals in Germany. It was like, okay, someone asked, I think when, when I knew I wanted to do it again. And I was like, immediately, I knew mm-hmm. immediately I wanted to come back the following year and be better and stronger. So that is really when it all started. And it was like, okay, how can we do this better? How can we make sure I perform better and my horse performs at her best? Definitely. Um, so making a plan that kind of build around that with the the vets, the farriers, um, our whole barn management, you know, it was just like, okay, how can we improve and tweak little things? You know, nothing major, nothing big. It was just, you know, knowing the horse and figuring out how to make her feel her best at that point and make sure she was peaking at the same time same time for an event that that big um and I, I mean I hardly jumped her I think she showed oh three times before world cup finals this year in in 2023 yeah. um you know at the beginning of the year and I think everyone was like oh, where's Apita and I was like she's here she's just gearing yeah. up she's yeah. got she's got world cup finals on her mind <laughs> I love that that's so important because I think you it's so easy to get um, you know, the get bogged down with the notion of show, 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 especially if you're, you know, in Wellington and there's so many opportunities to show so much. And um, I yeah. think it's it's a really hard but mature decision to be really careful and strategic with how much showing you're actually doing for that horse. 
yeah and you and everyone was like okay well what was your school and I was like we jumped her twice in terms of schooling for yeah the event we literally just did trot jumps yeah I mean we jumped trot jumped like a meter 50 meter 60 vertical but that's <laughs> that's <laughs> but all it was we a trot did jump <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was wow. just you know working on building her power and making sure she knew that that push off the ground is what we were going to need from her um in that tiny little indoor right 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 Definitely. I know um, because of the format of World Cup finals, you know, over multiple days, kind of building based on like, uh, you know, previous rounds penalties, obviously the hope is to go double clear uh, round one. You ended it with a few penalties. How were you able kind of how did you take that mindset to not necessarily like bounce back, but to take the, you know, the penalties that you had from round one um, to really kind of come in and attack the, the, the second and third round. Yeah. Um, round one, I actually was really happy with yeah. my goal was to, was being the top five. I think I ended up eighth. Yeah. I mean, you might want to double check that, but so I wasn't too far off that. I think we went into day two with three penalties. Um, my horse felt great. She jumped a great clear round. She felt confident. Um, and I really didn't want to totally run her on day one just because right. she can turn into a bit of a dragon. <laughs> yeah. So I went into day two, not with all my rideability. You know, I didn't run her so hard day one that I was um, lacking in rideability, which I which I wanted. So I was very happy with that. Um, day two, she jumped a great clear round. Mm -hmm. Day two's round was a jump off um, at the end. Jump off didn't go quite... <laughs> As I'd hoped, nothing tragic. I was just trying to put in a solid double clear to try and put me in the top three. Yeah. Um, And I ended up going slow and still having rail on the jump off, which was, I was trying to go slow and, and clear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then I think I still was maybe in seventh or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think I'd moved up a little bit, but not much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then going into the final day, it was like, okay, I really need to... um you know, it's two rounds the final day and it's like, okay, I need two double clear rounds, two rounds clear. Um, round mm -hmm. one, I thought walked. Okay. I didn't think it walked right. tragic or anything, but it definitely was riding difficult. Um, it wasn't, everything wasn't coming up as smoothly as I'd hoped. Um, I ended up with two down and, you know, I don't think it was anything terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was more than I was uh, wanting, obviously, because I was trying to get in the hunt. So I was like, okay, pressure's on. We need a double, we need a clear round, final round. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to fight for every minute and every inch of that round, every second we're out there, we're fighting. And um, that's what I did. And we were able to put in a clear round. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we ended on 11 penalties and ended up uh, bronze. So I was ecstatic with that. And yeah, certainly we would have wanted to jump the first round the last day sure. clean. I think that would have been the only thing I would have like picked on myself about um, throughout the weekend. Certainly I didn't want the one down in the jump off, but I don't think that was hurt me as much if, as having the two two rails down in the first round of the final day. Um, right. Yeah, actually, I think if I jumped clean in that round, we would have won it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which would have been awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> Right. Absolutely. I just love, I love the confidence in 
your ability and your horse's ability in your program. How does someone like you who is, you know, on the younger end of, of, you know, some of your competitors and, and, you know, such a big stage and such top riders in something like world cup finals, how do you kind of take that confidence and really, you know, follow through to a, to a top finish, even though, you know, as an outsider, you're young, you, you know, don't have maybe as much experience as some of the, the top, you know, seasoned riders of the sport. How do you kind of combat any of those feelings and, and really have that, you know, high level confidence? I can try and control the controllables, right? So the things that are in my power to control, I do the best job I can of doing that, which is making sure I'm prepared, making sure the horse is prepared, making sure, you know, I um, am at the ring on time. I have my plan. I have my strategy and my team is awesome. I think I'm able to trust fully in my team that they've also done that. They've done their job to the best of their ability and I'm very fortunate to have a team that is all in, you know, I I never question whether um, our goals differ or anything like that. Their goals are to see me be my best and that horse be her best on any given day. And they just want the best for both of us. So when you have Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like that working together for one common goal and they're all very good at their jobs, I think then the result is a, is a very good result and it allows me to stay calm and, and put a lot of trust in them. And I think also to touch a little bit on, you know, the background of my riding, I was very fortunate to have a background in horses, you know, my mom growing up and she maybe wasn't always able to have the best help when she was a kid. So she made sure that I did, which I think mm. is, you know, any trainer I've ever had throughout my life has been very good at what they did. Right. So that provides for a very good foundation and base to grow on um, and learn on and, and proceed with. And then the equitation um, was a great foundation for me. And it allowed me to, to kind of be able to um, take the pressure of high events and know how to handle them a bit better. Mm-hmm. Not, not saying you're going to know how to do it perfectly, but I think it certainly gives you um, a good background and an idea of how to, handle pressure such as championship events. In the summer months, I feel like a lot of places that we horse show also tend to have lots and lots of rain. And it's always the worst when you have, you know, a hot summer day with a bunch of rain and you also have a bunch of rain gear. And it's just like the worst feeling in the world, being hot and raining and disgusting and gross. But... I want to talk about whether or not equestrian, because if you have not tried their breeches, oh my gosh, I am putting you on to a life-changing material that is absolutely so revolutionary, and I feel like everyone needs a pair, if not several, whether or not equestrian breeches. First of all, they are waterproof, and I know when I say waterproof, you say, okay, Bethany, like maybe like a little sprinkle or like get some water on them and it's fine. No, they actually, their fabric passed Rain Test AATCC 35 2000 
I don't know what that means, but after looking it up, it tests, it really like measures the resistance to the penetration of water by impact. I, again, read this, read this on their website, looked it up to actually see what the heck it was. Still didn't believe it. So I have a couple pairs and I put them on went right to the barn into the wash rack and I ran the hose over my leg and I was absolutely shocked how the water literally ran off my leg normal you know like riding breeches not to mention they fit so well they're so stretchy they're so flattering there's a zipper in the back um, you know right below your waist um, band that literally holds your phone so you don't have to like wear anything or have worry about your phone slipping out of your pocket it's just like so well made and to top it off the fabric is not only comfortable stretchy incredible it's literally rain resistant which is just i think so revolutionary for our sport so You've heard enough from me blabbering on. You need to go try them for yourself because I didn't believe it until I tried them for myself. So go visit their website. It's wonequestrian.com. So whether or not equestrian.com. Again, that's wonequestrian.com. Get yourself a pair of these breeches and tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. They changed my life and I cannot wait to ride in them in Florida and in Kentucky all summer. I mean, truly, thanks to whether or not Equestrian, rain does not have to freak you out anymore. So go check them out. You will not be sorry. What would you say is one of the big takeaways you had from Omaha and that, you know, that you feel like really sticks with you for your next shows, kind of keeping that momentum for the rest of the year? I think I'm just hungrier than ever, you know, like after a result like that was a great result, you know, third, but I'm not the type of person that's like, okay, I was third. That's great. I was like, okay, what's next? What's more? What what can we do better? How do we improve on that? So I think it it makes me, um, pushes me to be better, you know, and anything at the top of the sport, um, being around riders that are that good and in that environment, it really pushes, you push each other, right? You all make each other better and it, and competition that's as stiff as that um, just brings out the best in, in riders. Definitely. What would you say is something that, you know, there's, there's often quite a big jump from national travel to international travel, um, something that, you know, you have in your program. When did that start for you? And what did you have to have in place with your riding and your mindset and your team to make that leap? The leap from traveling nationally to internationally? Yeah. Oh, I think that started a while ago, um, Mm -hmm. getting our feet wet in it, right? I think when I was 14, um, I had the opportunity to go to Germany for a Young Riders Nations Cup. And um, I think that was kind of when the balls started rolling and and got our feet wet and got the idea of what it takes to to do that on a consistent basis and what all goes into it it was certainly a learning experience um and then you say okay how do we improve upon this experience how do we make it better um mm-hmm. and then uh, following that i think i don't know the first year we went but uh for a few summers every summer we would go to spruce meadows um and travel over there and that's not flying, 
um, striving, but it, it's kind of the same, yeah. you know, idea. It's um, a long ways. We ship our own horses too. So I would be on that drive with the horses and got to really be a part of every moment of it. And um, I think a lot of it's just horse care, you know, knowing how mm-hmm. to keep the horses fresh and fit and um, preparing them for the uh, long ship and long travel such as that, making sure they're healthy and um, feeling their best. Definitely. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know that much about? That's a broad question for me because one, I am so passionate about horses. I had someone a couple weeks ago ask me, well, what, why do you get up in the morning? What makes you do it? And I, I mean, I love competing. I do, but that's not why I do this. I do this because I love horses and I love the everyday getting a bond with them or every day, the little improvements. I love the first ride on a young horse. I love seeing them improve and them learn every day and building upon that and just seeing the little differences you can make in a horse each and every day. And then you ask like, what, what's something that, you know, not many people are talking about. Well, in Europe, you know, breeding is huge in Europe, huge. And unfortunately, in the U.S., we just don't have the same base for that to produce as many top horses here as we do in Europe Um, on a sport level. Anyway, I think it's getting better. I think that conversation is happening more and more. Um, I certainly like it to become more prevalent. Uh, I think all of us can do a better job of learning and attempting to grow that side of the industry stateside. And then another thing I think is huge for us is uh, getting the sport more accessible and uh, whether it be to more kids to try and learn the sport or whether it be just on TV more for people to learn about it, Mm -hmm. right? There's many um, different sides to making it more accessible, whether it's for viewers, for sports, for fan, or for new riders wanting to get into the sport. Definitely. Yeah, there's lots of facets to that for sure. Um, for, you know, the, your your first topic of really, um, you know, doing this for the love of the horse, I think that that is seriously like so important. And, you know, it's really, you know, why we all started riding, right? It wasn't necessarily for, you know, the the career side or the competitive side. It really was because, we got to work with and have a relationship with these beautiful animals that don't have to, you know, like tolerate us or jump over these giant jumps for us, but they do because of that relationship we have with them. And so I think, especially at the level that you're at, I think that's so important to, to not lose sight of that and to to continue to enjoy those little moments and, and have that bond. But I think a big part of that is I, I appreciate that you kind of take the time to be, a part of the, you know, like the everyday, you know, grind or the everyday, you know, day in and day out plan for not only your horses that are, you know, in your current string, but young horses coming up. And I just think it's, it's so important to have your hand in, in all aspects of your program. Yeah. It's, it, I certainly like being involved, maybe too involved at some, sometimes. (laughs) There's only so many hours in a day. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I know I run out of them. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I just, I, I love it and I love the horses and um, I live, breathe it every day, all day. 
So it's hard for me not not to be super involved. And I've no I've never known different. You know, I've never known a different different way in terms of involvement and I like I would not be a good rider to go buy a made meter sixty horse and then just get thrown in the show ring. I'm sure I could do it. You know, I it's not that. It's just that I love the development and bringing the horse to that level. You know, I, I love riding horses too and I love being a competitor, but I really really enjoy bringing bringing a horse along and and the everyday learning aspect with them Mm -hmm, definitely with a couple world cup finals under your belt um i'm sure you know just from talking to you you obviously have big goals and ambitions what does the next the rest of the year look like and then what are some of the the goals that you have for yourself in the next couple years yeah um big goals (laughs) Um, the big goals would be Pan Americans, the Olympics. That's the the big goal. Not yeah. getting there, I think, is a whole whole other entity, right? Trying to make sure everything goes to plan and and we um make it. And we certainly have a a great group of riders also in the U.S. to contend with. Um, you know, they're people I've admired and looked up to my whole entire life, and I'm honored to be in the conversation with them or among them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this year it's a, hopefully a couple team, um, team events with Pepita and, uh, just putting in consistent results for the team. And then, um, besides her, we have a couple, um, other shows. I'll take the rest of the horses too, and, and keep trying to stay at the top of that ranking list. Um, but yeah, her plan is probably two, three shows, one as a one, four star and, and two team, team events. And then we'll kind of regroup after after the second team event and decide what's next. Do you have a specific strategy as far as um, the the shows that you decide to put her in or for, for you physically to go to? Is it mostly geographical? How do you kind of narrow in on the events that you decide to go to? No, I work backwards from the event. Yeah. So like for her, the ultimate goal would be um, come like, would be the Pan Americans coming up, right? right? I mean, obviously the Olympics, but we're working backwards from the Pan Americans mm-hmm. right now. And then it's like, okay, how, and we don't know that that's going to, we're going to go there or not, but that's our goal, right? So we just make that the plan in everyone's mind. And if it doesn't happen, well, we'll, we'll adapt at that point. Right. But right now she's working backwards from that. Um, and it's just to make sure that she is a, at her physical peak and mental peak for each event leading up to that and that event. Right. So you got to kind of ride the wave of, of building the horse up for each event and then letting her have a little downtime mm-hmm. and then building her back up. So she's still staying healthy, um, physically fit and mentally enjoying it still. not just getting burnout from showing and traveling and showing and traveling. Definitely. How do you prevent burnout? I think I love, I love the sport too much yeah. to get burnout. But I mean, there I'm has to, there, I mean, obviously there, I'm sure there's days where you're like, exhausted but I think that it like outweighs you know with your your love and your drive for the sport but you know I'm I'm sure not every day is sunshine and rainbows but that I think that that's uh, you know like anything else yeah I certainly I certainly get worn down um worn down a bit I mean there was a week during this winter circuit we um I was going back and forth from Wellington and Ocala and showing both places one week and I showed the next week again in Ocala. Um, but then the week after I was like, okay, I need like just a light week. I, I can like still work and ride and all the things, but 
I just need a lighter week where I'm not in the car driving and still showing <laughs> in the early right. mornings, right? So I think the driving got me more than anything. It's crazy how draining it is. And just like the hours, the wasted hours in the car. Yeah, I was just, and I'm, I was just like, okay, I want to get there and ride and focus on my job, not be stuck in this car. Oh, I feel that. Well, Hunter, thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit of your story. It's such an exciting one. You have, you know, so much buzz after the World Cup finals and rightfully so. I'm, I'm so excited to continue to watch the rest of your year and especially with some exciting things coming up um, around the bend. So thank you again for taking the time and I wish you all the best. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.